Windsor. The son of a farmer, he had wanted to return to the land. Instead, the war had come, and afterwards he'd returned to his old job with the Metropolitan Police. Changed, though, it was said, a different man from before. Two years in the trenches had seen to that. They had cleared the village, leaving the last cottage behind. Rounding a bend in the road, the chauffeur braked. Ahead of them, blocking the narrow country lane and facing a set of iron gates, a crowd had gathered. Whole families were there, it seemed, the men in shirt sleeves and braces, the women wearing kitchen aprons and with their hair tied up in scarves and handkerchiefs. Children stood hand in hand, or else played together on the dusty verges. A short way down the road, two little girls in coloured smocks were bowling a hoop. "'Look at them,' Boyce said wearily. "'We've asked them to keep away, but what can you expect?' The chauffeur blew his horn as they drew near, and the crowd parted to let the car through. Billy felt the weight of their accusing stares. "'They don't know what to think,' Boyce muttered. "'And we don't know what to tell them.' The drive beyond the gates was lined with elms, linked at their crowns like gothic arches. At the end of it, Billy could see a house built of solid stone, clothed in ivy. Melling Lodge was its name. Madden had told him. A family called Fletcher lived there. Had lived there. Billy's mouth went dry as they approached the graveled forecourt where a fountain topped by a cupid figure, standing with his bow drawn, sprayed silvery water into the bright sunlit afternoon. Blue uniforms stirred in the shadows. "'We brought a dozen men down from Guildford,' Boyce nodded towards a police van parked at the side of the forecourt. "'We may want more.' Madden spoke for the first time. We'll need to search the land around the house. Wait till you see the other side, Boyce groaned. Woods, nothing but woods, miles and miles of them. Madden's glance had shifted to a group of three men standing together in a shaded corner of the forecourt. Two of them wore light country tweeds, the third sweated in a double-breasted serge suit. Who are they? he asked. The old boy's Lord Stratton, local knob. He owns most of the land hereabouts. That's the Lord Lieutenant with him, Major General Sir William Rakes. What's he doing here? Madden scowled. He was a weekend guest at Stratton Hall, worse luck. Boyce pulled a face. He's been raising merry hell, I can tell you. The other one's Chief Inspector Norris from Guildford. As Madden opened the car door, Rakes, red-faced and balding, came striding across the gravel. "'About time,' he said angrily. "'Sinclair, is it?' "'No, Sir William. Madden's the name. Detective Inspector. This is Detective Constable Stiles. Chief Inspector Sinclair is on his way. He'll be here shortly.' Madden's glance roamed the forecourt. "'Well, for God's sake!' Rakes fumed. What's keeping the man? He's getting a team together. Pathologist, fingerprint squad, photographer. The inspector made no attempt to disguise his impatience. It takes time, particularly on a bank holiday. 
"'Indeed?' Rakes glared at him, but Madden was already turning away to greet the older man who had joined them. "'Lord Stratton, thank you for sending the car, sir.' "'It was nothing. How else can I help you, Inspector?' He held out his hand to Madden, who shook it. His face showed signs of recent shock, the eyes wide and blinking. "'Do you need any transport? I've a runabout at the hall. You're welcome to use it.' "'Would you mention that to Mr. Sinclair? I'm sure he'll be happy to accept.' "'Now see here, madam!' Rakes tried to force himself back into the conversation, but the inspector ignored him and went on speaking to Lord Stratton. "'There's something I need to know. The woods behind the house, do they belong to you?' "'Upton Hanger, yes. The ridge extends for several miles.